Welcome to the Photography Q&A podcast. Hey, how's it going? I'm Andy Jones from 50millimeterframework.com and this is episode 48 of the Photography Q&A podcast. Now, I was expecting Elon Musk to call in with a question, but I'm guessing he was busy or something. So anyway, I came across a lot of people asking about filters online. What are they for? When should I use them? That kind of thing. So that's what I'm going to waffle on about this week. Camera lens filters explained. Now, lens filters fit on the end of a lens by either dropping into a framework that you put on the end of your lens or they screw on. If you look on the inside of your lens, is a thread and they screw onto there. Now, you can pay as little as, I guess, 10, 20 bucks, but you can also pay thousands of dollars for these filters. Some of them come with a framework and you get all the different filters. You can buy the filters that drop in and they really are expensive. You've got to decide what system you're going to use if you're going to use a lot of them before you buy because it can get, if you make a mistake, it's going to get pretty expensive. So anyway, so I'm going to take you through the different types of filters available. So we're going to start off with close-up filters. Now, if you like to take photos of insects, you're going to need a macro lens. Now, a macro means that you can get really close to the subject. When you see pictures of uh, close-ups of bees, ants, wasps, you know, all these kind of insects, and the detail is really sharp and they fill the frame, that is what they're using. But they can be really expensive lenses. And if one of these lenses is out of your budget, then you can use something called a close-up filter, which screws on the front of your lens. And basically, they are the equivalent of reading glasses for your lens. These filters generally come in from plus one to plus ten, I've seen. The higher the diopter, the higher the magnification. I haven't used one of these, but I really do think I'm going to give one a go. I was interested in them a few years ago and never got around to doing anything. Now, you can get a kit. I saw it on the B&H website, and it is by Vivitar, I think it is. Yeah, Vivitar, and it is plus one, plus two, plus four, and plus 10 diopter strength filters. So the kit only costs $20. So it's, it's worth giving it a try if you're interested in taking pictures of insects or really good close-ups of flowers or anything at all. If you, you know, a mechanism of an old wind-up watch or something like that, 20 bucks is a good deal. So close-up filters. Next, we've got color-correcting filters. These filters allow you to make the scene warmer or cooler. I really don't see the need for these, as you can do that with presets in Lightroom and filters in Photoshop and all the other editing softwares have something like this. You can even do it in Instagram. You put your image in Instagram and change it. So these are definitely a throwback to the old days of film cameras. If you want to do the same thing in studio, you would use colored gels, which are filters that you put in front of your lights, not in front of your lens. You put them in front of the light, so you change the color of the light that is coming in. Now, these filters fit on the front of your flash. And again, these are a link back to the old film days, but they do have a use. You can color a scene with the light, or you can, there's all sorts of things you can put in front of your lights, but we're not talking about that kind of filter at the moment. Anyway, so I don't think color correcting filters are of much use. I really don't. Yet, there's still a market for them online, and I, I, I just don't get it. Next, we've got polarizing filters. Polarizing filters are basically sunglasses for your camera. If you shoot landscapes, a polarizing filter is a must. On bright days, it'll cut the glare. 
enhancer clouds and if there's water in the foreground it'll take the glare off the surface of the water and you'll be able to see into the water you'll you, if it's shallow you'll be able to see the bottom very useful filters next we've got uv or skylight filters every image that i take has a is shot through a uv filter i put them on to protect my front element and i put them on as soon as i buy the lens so you know, you're going out and you're spending 1,600, 2,000, two and a half grand on a lens. Uh, you really need to protect them. So I always buy, every time I buy a lens, I buy a UV filter to go on the front. These were originally developed to reduce the ultraviolet light that created haze on some of the films that were put out years ago. But that doesn't matter now because we're using electronic sensors. So people use them for protecting the front element. These filters also help prevent you from getting a cast. So say if you're near trees and you take a picture, say, of a white dog, you'll sometimes get a green cast on the dog's fur. UV filters will pretty much eliminate that or stop it happening an awful lot. Same when there's a, a lot of sun, blue sky, and some people's faces might get a little bit of blue tint on them. UV filters will stop that. If you're going to be putting UV filters on the front of your lens to protect the front element, make sure you get a decent quality one. Don't put a $10 UV filter on the front of a, a new $2,500 lens. It might not match the quality of the lens. So if I was going to go out and buy a new lens now, I would buy something in the... I don't, I don't know how much, but maybe 50 plus. Don't get the cheapest. Oh, and they're also, these UV filters are also called skylight filters. Don't know why, but that's a, a term I came across as I was reading up on them. Next, we've got ND filters, which stands for neutral density. If close-up filters are reading glasses, polarizers are sunglasses, then ND filters are welder's masks. <laughs> Yeah, they, they really are the dark colored filters and they reduce the amount of light that comes through. Now you would use one of these if there was too much light. An example is shooting a waterfall where you want the waterfall to be yeah, that get that soft, fluffy look to it. Now for that, you need a really slow shutter speed and on a bright day, you're not gonna be able to get that slow shutter speed, which could be 30 seconds, it could be 10 seconds, could be four seconds, but on a bright day, you're not gonna be able to get that. So what people do, they put on an ND filter. They come in different tints that reduce the amount of light that passes through. The smallest I've seen is two stops of light and they go up to 15 stops of light. The darker they are, the slower shutter speed you can use. You can buy variable ND filters and they screw onto the front of the lens and they, you can turn them and you can change it from two. I think most of them go from two to something like eight, eight stops of light. So you can just turn it. I don't know how the quality is with those. I bought a, can't remember how much I paid, but I got a couple of them. I got a, a six stop and a 10 stop and uh I'm not using them that much. I'm going to get back out this summer. I'll definitely use them. So that's ND filters. Next, we've got graduated ND filters. Graduated ND filters come in three types. The first is the soft edged type of filter. It's clear at the bottom and it darkens as it gets to the top. Now, this is suitable for landscapes where you want the sun's exposure to match the rest of the image. Another type is hard edged, which means that 
the changes from tint to clear are at the midpoint, but they don't, it's not really a graduated filter. It's just clear at the bottom, dark at the top. The third type is the reverse ND filter, which is for use when the sun is on the horizon. They are dark at the top, darker above the midpoint, and clear below. So at the area where the sun is, it's filtered more there, and you can control how the sun looks in your image. Okay, next type of filter is special effect filters. Now these filters do what they say, they just do special effects. You can get them that make all the lights in the scene flare with a fixed amount of star points. So you could get one that gives four star points, another one that gives eight, one that gives six. You can get them that make everything tinted in any color and soften the image for a glamorous portrait, say. And these are definitely a throwback to the old film days. They've been around forever. The number of effects is endless, but I haven't seen anything that can't be done in editing. Spending $45 on a sepia filter, to me, is a total waste of money. Like I say, that's my opinion, but who am I to say how you can spend your money? But really, if you can do it with a filter on the computer, why would you spend the money? So that's the rundown of filters. Uh, we had close-up filters that help you get closer to the subject. Color-correcting filters that I think are redundant now, but if anyone uses them, get in touch and tell me why I should use them. There's polarizers that act like sunglasses to reduce glare. UV filters, which nowadays are just used to protect the front element of your lens. There's neutral density ND filters that reduce the amount of light to allow you to use a longer shutter speed. And then there's graduated ND filters that allow you to reduce the light in a specific section of your image. And special effect filters that create an effect but really aren't needed anymore. All right, that's filters. For a few weeks now, I've been doing a new section, but this week I've been struggling to find anything to tell you about. So when I can't find any photo news, I'm going to be introducing you to a photographer that I feel is worth following. The first photographer I think you should check out is a guy called Nigel Danson, and he shoots landscapes. He's British, but he goes all over the world. On his YouTube channel, he talks you through the process while he's on the shoot, which I find pretty cool. He also shows you how he processes his images. The last one I saw, he hurt his leg while he was... He'd been skiing and he hurt his knee, so he wasn't able to get out. So he was asking uh, followers to send images in so he could edit them and show you how he goes about it. And he's got a few, uh, he's also got a few videos there on how to compose your image, which I find useful as well. His videos are really well done and I'm sure you're going to learn a lot. There's a link in the show notes for his YouTube channel. And uh, that's it for this week. I'll be back next week with some more waffle. So, uh, Stay tuned. All right. Bye.